High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, Slumbers, to another summer edition of High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. And I hope you're enjoying your summer as much as I am here on beautiful San Emilio Island, USA. The weather has been nice. The water's been clean. Everything's been pretty awesome here. We've been playing it safe. But still having a good time and drinking a lot of tiki drinks. Unfortunately, today we are talking about an infamous movie in the High School Slumber Party canon. Well, we're concluding something big at least, and that is The Kissing Booth 3, right? So we've talked the first Kissing Booth, we've talked the second Kissing Booth, third one came out, feel like we had to do it. And Shawnee Mead is back, of course, and we have a lot of fun. So don't bail on us just yet. It's a good episode regardless. (laughs) Hey, and maybe you're a Kissing Booth fan. I don't know. If you are, then I apologize in advance right now. And if you're not, then you'll probably enjoy the episode more. But there are things we do enjoy about the movie. You'll have to find out what they are. Hope you did your unofficial homework and watched the movie. Hope you also did your unofficial homework and have been listening to the previous High School Slumber Party episodes. Kyle, Kyle Rancher, the Foodie Films Man, the man who's splitting the bill for this San Emilio Island bungalow. He's been on a lot of episodes, including Staten Island Summer, which was our episode on Monday, written and concepted by and also starring Colin Jost. Congratulations, Colin Jost. Apparently you just had a baby with ScarJo named Cosmo. That's what I heard. (laughs) We wish him all the best of luck having a baby. Certainly a lot of responsibility. We don't have a baby here with us on San Emilio Island. It's probably for the better. We're not responsible enough. Anyway, hope you listen to that episode. Hope you've been listening to all the episodes this summer because they've been really, really fun. want to remind you as well to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And also, please, please, please... Hit us up on social media. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. I've been enjoying your participation this summer, so thanks for that. Maybe next time we'll read read some stuff, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You want to do this? You want to get into the Kissing Booth? What song should we pick? Actually, one thing I will say about the Kissing Booth 3, and I don't think I said it on this episode, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I did. Thank you, Netflix, for providing a very good soundtrack. By the way, if you hear my laundry machine in the background, I apologize. I'm doing the house laundry. We haven't done it 
in a while. Kyle's passed that on the hot tub. Don't worry. I've checked his pulse a couple times. He's good. <laughs> Let's see what song we should play. How about this one? This is on a playlist of mine a couple years ago. Welcome Home, Son. Oh, I didn't realize it was called that. Welcome Home, Son by Radical Face. I talk about how much I love the soundtrack. I talk about how much I love the song. I don't even know the song's title. I know what it sounds like. It, it was a good song back in the day. It's a good song today, too. So put on your swimsuit, grab your towel, bring your favorite tropical drink, and I'll see you on the other side. Later, dudes. important era on high school slumber party very important to me (laughs) (laughs) it sort of is important to me because uh that's why i'm on this podcast like you know (laughs) podcasting journey so i've got to thank it for that i suppose (laughs) that's actually true so in a way we all need to thank the kissing booth but (laughs) i know we're all thankful it's also hopefully coming to an end i think so yes Please stop saying hopefully. You're scaring me. I don't want I don't want Netflix to see all your tweets and go, ooh, don't do it. Don't jinx me. You never know. But I, I think uh, even the Kissing Booth fans are a little tired of the Kissing Booth. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll talk today about things we maybe liked, things we definitely didn't like. But before mm-hmm. that, Shawnee, do you remember how to introduce yourself on High School Slumber Party? Uh, yes, I do. Shawnee Mead. Um, I graduated from high school in 2007, all those hundreds of years ago. Um, and yet, yeah, no mascot, but yeah. <laughs> no, mascot, no mascot, unfortunately, <laughs> but th- that's okay. <laughs> so we obviously have a big history here with the kissing booth. You came on, what is it, mm-hmm. uh, two years ago now, three years ago? What is it? Uh, what, I think it was three. It was 2018. Yeah, that makes sense. The three movies. ago. Three years and a couple days ago to talk the Kissing mm-hmm. Booth one. Thankfully, you volunteered. And I actually made a choice to cover the Kissing Booth. And it was, uh, I don't want to say controversial. I don't think anyone cared. But <laughs> at that point, I wasn't sure if I was just going to go nostalgia or some more mm-hmm. modern films. Everyone was talking about the Kissing Booth on Twitter. And I'm like, let me just cover it. Thankfully, you volunteered to come on the episode. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it is an important movie in the teen oeuvre because it's like if not the first big one or one of the first big like mm. netflix slash streaming teen films yeah it did kick the whole thing off it has that going for it it does <laughs> and we, we've had such a great history so check out those two kissing booth episodes that we've already done mm-hmm. in the subsequent years 
But it still fascinates me that the first one made such a big cultural impact. They were talking about nominating it for an Academy Award at one point, like for <laughs> for a category that ended up not being invented, but it was like a People's Choice Award or whatever. I think that's yeah. what told them not to add it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, today's we're not going to get too much into production, maybe some of the cast, but mm. it's all been done here. So we're just going to dive into it because, again, despite despite our criticisms of this film, it is the end of an era. I mean, you'll be on the show again. I don't mean in that <laughs> way, but it's the end of the era of hopefully us talking about <laughs> the kissing booth. Yes, yes. I was meaning to make an announcement, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm still on the podcast. But uh, yes, the end of this this specific era. <laughs> yes. Again, it's interesting. So, you know, me and Iceland have been talking a lot of modern films and you don't get those modern films without The Kissing Booth, or maybe you do, who knows, but <laughs> The Kissing Booth, even when it came out, felt so not modern, it felt so dated in a weird way. Mm. We'll see, we thought the the second one corrected a lot of issues of the first one, doesn't mean it was necessarily good, but we will get into it. Any thoughts, though? Not necessarily on the movie, just on the overall moment we're in before we dive into specifically The Kissing Booth 3. It's a big question. <laughs> um, I think I'm just happy that this film series has finished because um, <laughs> this one was not as long as number two, but Thankfully. oh golly, it felt it felt longer <laughs> to me. But but yeah, we won't make it feel that long for you listening today. You won't feel like you're dragging, you know, your knuckles on the floor and please finish. <laughs> for sure. We'll give it fun. We'll make it more fun than if you were watching The Kissing Booth 3. So. <laughs> So every week I read the back of DVD, VHS, or, of course, streaming summary. This is distinctly a Netflix film. So here mm-hmm. goes. If you're not familiar with The Kissing Booth and you happen to jump in at The Kissing Booth 3, weird place to jump in. But, <laughs> but, but let's talk about it. And this is what the Netflix summary is. Determined to make the most of her final summer before college, Elle plans the ultimate bucket list as she navigates what comes next with Noah and Lee. Even though that's short, I felt like that one is pretty accurate to what happens in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much the whole plot. (laughs) (laughs) Just just there in those few words. If you guys recall, and if you don't, it's totally fine. But the original was directed by a dude named Vince Marcello. He wrote all three Kissing Booth movies. And he directed the entire series. He just wrote the second two with with his writing partner, Jay Arnold. Mm-hmm. Of course, they are all adapted, sort of, from uh, Beth Riekel's novels. She's a YA writer, I believe, from Scotland. Um, she mm-hmm. wrote the first one a couple years before the first Kissing Booth movie. However, in a recent interview, I found out, I'm pretty sure about the second, but she confirmed that they wrote the script for the third film, and then she wrote the novel. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. So it's not really an adaptation. It's more like a companion novel. Yeah, I did think the timing of those was weird because I read some article recently and everyone went, well, there couldn't be any more Kissing Booth films because she hasn't written any more books. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I'm pretty sure she wrote some of the books after the films. Like it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of not really an adaptation because Netflix are like, you know, we're doing another one. So she went, well, I may as well uh, write a book about it. But Of course. hmm. I mean, she made a lot of money, I'm sure, from Hmm. the book. I can't blame her. I I never want to get on her because... YA that you read is very different than what you should, not what you should see on the screen, but what we often see 
on the screen, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a market for her books, clearly. And there's a market yeah. for the films because people got excited about these things way back when. And then the gang's all here. We mentioned this last time that they shot these two back to back, the Kissing Booth 2 and the Kissing Booth mm-hmm. 3. So we knew it was coming. We just weren't sure if we had to cover it because yes. it was possible that it would be a college film, right? Mm, definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was not the case. It wasn't. So uh, <laughs> here we, we do, are. <laughs> we do count that last summer before high school into college. A lot of films mm-hmm. we've done this summer have been about that pivotal summer in mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people's lives. You know, the last one ended with a graduation, so who knew what this one was going to be about? But mm-hmm. we're all in at this point, so let's do it. Let's leap in. Characters aside, Joey King, I'm still going to back what I said, think she is the future Julia Roberts. I love Joey King. I do not think this series stands a chance of watchability without her in this. No, no, definitely not. She is everything about these films that is good, even when her character is not the best. And certainly this film, we kind of talked off air. Oh my God, I had such issues with our three leads. Yeah, she became very unlikable for a chunk of this one, which she hadn't been before. But for a time I was sort of like, "Mm, I think I'm hating you as much as Noah at at the minute. (laughs) I guess Noah rubbed off on her. Oh dear. (laughs) Of course she's playing Elle. And when we last left Elle off, she had gotten in to two wonderful, wonderful schools oh in the United States. But she couldn't pick because she had to pick <laughs> between the Flynn brothers. Oh, yes. my God. Lee That's played always by... a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, played by Joel Courtney, um, mm-hmm. is one of the Flynn brothers, but he's her best friend since forever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's going to Berkeley, and they have all these rules and packs and things whatever yeah, it's been that, since birth that they were going to go to berkeley together yes but then she starts dating his hot older brother noah played by <laughs> jacob ellerty yeah he's going to harvard which again listen to our how we got in <laughs> yeah, but exactly sure. <laughs> listen to our episode of kissing booth 2 because we definitely have a rant about that it doesn't really <laughs> check out that he would go to harvard no, it doesn't. but it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> this guy looks older to me Every time mm. I see him, yeah, Jacob, Jacob Ellerty, but he's only twenty four. <laughs> yeah, but he's sort of like each time I'm like the other two look the same, but like he just sort of doesn't fit. No, anymore. It just seems like this really old guy hanging out with the teen. And he was in Euphoria, and he got like some acclaim for that, mm. so he's kind of moved on. Um, mm. Joey King's in a ton of stuff, obviously, and she's going yeah. to be in a ton more stuff. She did that series, The Act. Um, mm. and, and I'm sure you read that, or if not, she was actually bald for the shooting of these two movies because yes, very obvious. I mean, the wig was very wig looking, but yeah, yeah. So she was wigging out on these yeah. two films because of it. Um, we're, we know we'll see her again. Joel Courtney. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else mm. since the Kissing Booth. The only thing on his credits I see is something called The Empty Man. I'm not too mm. familiar with it. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the journey doesn't end here for him. But those are our three leads. And of course we get arguably maybe too many returning characters that I was like, oh, yes. that's surprising, right? Yeah, they were just like, mm, I don't think you all need to be in here. All you people that I've forgotten all your names, but I 
I keep seeing you every time. Like I just. Yeah, there were a lot of like, oh yeah, yeah. right. Hmm. Like like Megan Young as Rachel. We expected her to come back. We actually liked her yeah. in the last film. She was dating okay. Lee, so that makes sense. Mm. Um, the, the great Molly Ringwald. I'm never going to complain, you know? No. And she was in it a bit more yes. this time. Still not as much as she should have been, but she had, <laughs> you know, some more stuff going on. She even had a scene without any of the other characters in it. Yeah, she I was surprised by that. Scene. I was like, whoa. She's yeah. a realtor lady. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> parents are back. I don't know if you noticed in this one, and... The accent work, I don't know if you picked up, really slipping in this one. Yeah, because Elle's dad, I was like, uh, what is your accent, man? Like, I'm sure he sounded American in the others, but he was sort of sounding slightly European in this one. That checks out because he's yeah. South African, so probably maybe there's some Afrikaans uh, in there. A lot of the, ex- not extras, I can't call them extras because they actually had big roles. <laughs> like, the lady that the dad ends up dating... Mm. Right, she's a South Af- African actress as well. These were all mm. shot in South Africa, so they casted yeah. a lot of things locally. I don't want to blame these actors necessarily. I just think like they probably maybe did it too fast, didn't get enough takes, and they were just like, "Whatever, let's use this." But even uh, yeah. Noah, Noah was slipping into the Australian at certain times. Oh, see, I didn't really notice that, but maybe because I just like when he speaks, I just hear like "wow, wow, wow." wow. <laughs> I wasn't really noticing. What did he say? There was one point where he was like on the beach and it was like very like, whoa, dude, that's Australian. I didn't pick that up. When he said, I'm not going to try to do an Australian accent, but when he said, <laughs> I might have in- <laughs> I might have invited a few people over tonight to celebrate. So if you guys watch the movie, wait for that line. It was very, li- it was very like, again, <laughs> you'll see. Like, I know you're not going to watch it again, Shoni. So other people out there, if you do yeah. watch it again or for the first time. Pay attention to that because it happened a couple other times too. Um, other than that, oh yeah, we got Rand, and I didn't expect to see them again. But Maisie Richardson Sellers as Chloe, and Chloe played um, Noah's roommate or like good friend in college. Yeah. That that Elle thought they had issues or like that something might have been going on, but they weren't. Yeah. I don't know. And she's got a whole <laughs> kind of storyline with her parents mm, getting divorced. Amazing. And then uh, Taylor Zakar Perez as Marco Pena. Marco Pena is back. I sort of just felt like those two coming back, they were pretty much just repeating the plot with those two <laughs> from last time. Like, I was like, I thought we, I thought we discussed, I thought this was done. I thought we'd resolved this. But then we were like, nope, we're going back into this for a, for a chunk of the film. Yeah, I felt like we didn't need to go there. Yeah, it just, yeah. I thought we were done, like you said. Mm. Anything else you want to mention with the cast or production, or should we just jump right into this one? Not really. I feel like production-wise, this one seemed to have a lot of, like, illustrations and graphics over the top of the screen, which just seemed a bit... Yeah. The whole bucket list thing. It just felt a bit like they'd forgotten what age group this movie was for. Like, it felt a bit kind of like it was for a young, much younger audience. Like, it was getting a bit kind of illustration-y. I that's actually my first note not necessarily with the illustrations but it this movie did feel a little bit childish is a bad word but like skewing younger yeah because like the whole bucket list felt kind of like I don't know this movie was made for like middle schoolers or something like it was that kind of yeah and I get it because they were trying to relive their childhood yeah but but then they would have like sex and it felt grosser than ever because yeah. it just did not feel, fit the tone of the film well it was just like the first film where it was kind of like yeah. little like you know high school romantic thing and then it turned into like Boom. some sex comedy thing so <laughs> like this one kind of was like that 
as well, and then it like veered back into like teen drama. Yeah, and and I have to say, like, I didn't hate everything about this movie. Mm. And we'll get to the ending, of course, but I actually don't mind where it ended, because mm-hmm. w- when I thought about it, I was like, m- maybe not the end end, but, you know, where where the mm. teenagers end. Because when I thought about it, like, where this journey has taken us, it's probably the best outcome. But the first yeah. half to maybe even the first hour mm. was pretty infuriating to me. Yes. I mean, I was, I knew that the movie was an hour and 53 minutes, so I at one point felt that surely I was more than halfway and then i stopped and went i've only watched 52 minutes of this (laughs) but it's just it's just so long and nothing's really happened but we've sort of weirdly resolved the drama that we left from the end of the last one which they resolved that straight away so then it's like what is the plot of the i thought the whole plot of this one was going to be the which college do i say i want to go to because i got into both like but that was kind of like wrapped up really quickly yeah, so sh- she chooses to go to Harvard with her boyfriend, which we kind of mm. knew it was going to, that's the direction she was going to go in, come on. Yeah. And then the movie becomes a big thing of just young people complaining. Like, I don't know how else to put yeah. it. Yeah, very much like she's just running around the whole summer, like, just trying to make everyone else happy. Like, the whole bucket list thing is because, I mean, she didn't tell Lee that she didn't choose to go to Berkeley with him, but she sort of did the whole, I'm going to Harvard thing, and then he just got a bit pissy about it because you know he's a bit childish as a character i find yeah but then it kind of she was just trying to make up the summer to him so then it turned into this weird like i just felt like the bucket list i don't think we needed to dedicate that much time to that i don't think we needed to see all of the items being ticked off (laughs) no i I think it was trying to go with the formula of the rules and earlier things and it just yeah but it sort of was like "Mm, i think we could have uh cut this down to like a Sweet 90 minutes if we'd kind of tightened up some of this. Where the first one was a bit archaic in the way it handled a lot of uh, Mm. gender issues. And the second one corrected that a little bit. Mm. I actually, I don't know, I was definitely giving it too much credit. I actually thought we would grow with the characters in this one. And it would be a more mature film. Mm. right? Because it's three years, right? You can't expect, let's say you and I were 16 when we saw this. The difference between 16 Mm. and, and... 19 when you're growing up is pretty huge you would think that the characters would have that kind of evolution instead this really felt like a throwback to the first film in terms of its yeah younger skewing tone you know yeah that's definitely what i thought i thought this one was going to be a bit more i don't know teen drama kind of a bit more like grown-up drama about that sort of you know moving into the future and but this one didn't seem to be I don't feel like anyone was talking about their futures. Like other films sort of go like, you know, this is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. And like, you know, I'm a serious grown up now and I don't, you know, need my parent. But this kind of, no one was ever discussing that. It felt like this one was going to have a big emphasis on college. And then it just didn't. The second one had more of the emphasis on college. This one, uh, in terms of career and their future, and I get it. Not everyone's Mm -hmm. decided at this point. And we all, you know, have the freedom to change careers, hopefully, and things like that. But... Mm -hmm you're so right like that's not the discussion and then when it becomes the discussion Mm. she ends up choosing to be and it like there's really no evidence except the fact that she plays the dance dance game that this is something she enjoys but she's like my dream is to be a video game designer yeah and that she like people say that she's good at playing video games (laughs) i'm pretty sure um sorry but i actually know people that are in that field and um you pretty much have to have like been able to draw 
um, you know, that kind of stuff. And you'd be like, really, you don't just get to rock up one day and go, hey, I'm going to be a video <laughs> game designer now. Like, I don't know why they weren't asking her for like her portfolio. Like, where's your work? What have you designed before? Like, we expect that you have some kind of like, you know, animation kind of expertise, something you can at least draw. But it was kind of like, I could just decide. And then like next week, I'm just in. Like, it's a highly competitive program, but I don't know what sh- what she was getting in on. She didn't have any skills. <laughs> it's incredibly competitive because it's one, mm. uh, one art, obviously, yeah. very competitive in general. But mm. also, video, so many people play video games. Mm. And a lot of people are very talented. But there's also the subset of people who are like, well, I really enjoy this. How do I break into this field? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's pr- probably a really, really cool field to be in. But I bring it up because you're so right. She's rewarded Mm. for this. And what's so infuriating about the L character in this film is that every mistake she makes, it's just eventually brushed off and she's Mm. rewarded for it, you know? Yes. It's Mm. insane. Like (laughs) She was being pretty selfish in this one. And it was just kind of like, everyone just let her like, you know. I think she was like made to stew on a couple of things for a tiny bit, but not really. And it was all just like, you know, swept aside and Elle was amazing again. But like, you know. Yeah, because every fight she would get into almost, almost, you know, like you said, she'd stew for like two minutes and they'd be like, all right, well, I forgive you. So let's do this. (laughs) And we'd reset the plot again. We Like with Lee, he'd get mad at her and then they'd reset Mm -hmm. it because they'd be like, oh, I forgive you. Let's do this challenge. She didn't show up again. Oh, (laughs) We're oh, mad. No, I'm mad at you again. Reset. But also, reset. like, dude, get over it. It's a freaking summer bucket list. You've done a million things because we've seen you do all of them. <laughs> but it kind of just got a bit stale because it was kind of like, let's add this to the list. And she was like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so busy. I've got so much to do. And he's like, well, I guess, you know, if you like, you know, don't want to spend time with me because I'll never see you again. But just like he got that every time. And it just got a bit like, yeah, okay. But, you know, move on, everyone. <laughs> I thought you wanted to, you know, actually spend your last summer together rather than just arguing all the time, but obviously not. <laughs> that must have been on the bucket list. I, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, the unevenness, too, of kind of like who this movie was made for mm. strikes early on with me. One of the first things I wrote down is, and to no surprise, Noah, our favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Noah's like, oh, when you go to Harvard, we should look for an apartment together. Mm. If I'm her dad, and I know he's getting over a loss, so I'm not 100% mm. blaming him, I kind of put my foot down a little bit more on some stuff. And one of the things I would tell her, as her father theoretically, yeah. would be like, you want to go to school, and you want to experience that school for you, right? Don't go there yeah. and just all, all of a sudden live with a guy. That feels like a big step when you're dealing with freshman year and stuff of, of college. I feel yeah. like Molly kind of tells her something similar to that later. Yeah, but I feel like also as the dad, I'd be like, mm, you know, she has an older boyfriend who's already in college and he's already a bit more, you know, grown up and stuff. I'd be a bit like, mm, I don't know if I really want you just straight away moving in full time with the only boyfriend you've ever had. Like, it's Yeah, sort that's of, a good point. I think as a parent, I'd be like, mm, um, yeah, sure, you can go and whatever. Like, you know, if you want to go and be with your boyfriend, that seems like a waste of time. But sure, if you want to do that, but. I'd prefer if you, you know, lived in a dorm and weren't shacking up with your older boyfriends right away. But Yeah, how about make some friends, you know? Because otherwise you're just, you know, making it about Noah. <laughs> and he's going to graduate earlier than you because he started already. And then, like, when we see, you know, she tell obviously Lee has a fit, as we said. 
when they can't go together. But when we flash forward to that scene where Lee actually makes a friend going mm. to Berkeley and she's yeah. mad about it. It's like, yeah. Like, I know I decided not to go, but like, now I'm just really upset that that friend isn't me. Well, uh, again, not much you can do about it. Like, he has to be able to have some friends if you're not going with him anymore. But I'm just going through my notes because it's just, it would be very stupid to go scene by scene for a lot of reasons. Mainly that Mm. we would just be playing tennis back and forth (laughs) with like, they're mad at each other. No, they're not. They're mad at each other. No, they're not. So feel free to cut in if you have something around the same time. But one of the main plot points here is that the Flynn's are selling a beach house. There's yeah. some higher level real estate conversation that I don't really care about, but like <laughs> apparently mm-hmm. they're knocking down this beautiful mansion and they're building condos in the area. Yeah. And the family's like, you're, you're moving out of the house. So there's no point for us to go to the beach. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, this is the start of your life right now. You, yeah. <laughs> also, like Molly, why don't you want to spend like the last summer in your own expensive beach house that you own? That's going to get like, knocked I have down. meetings. So like, yeah. Oh, I'm just too busy, and like, it's just <laughs> oh my god. And then they're like, oh hey, hey, let's be like really unsubtle and like try and hint that we like want to stay in the beach house. I wonder if they'll notice that we want to stay. Like you know, so then they kind of like move into the beach house. So many questions here. The first question I wrote down, and if you don't know this term, that's totally fine. Have you had you heard of a rumpus room? Yes. So we don't really have that term in the United States. <laughs> no, we have that. Yeah, it's like a random sort of spare room, but not everyone has. But often they make it like the room for the kids or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I figured really big house. <laughs> I figured through context, but mm. honestly, it's never it's never something I've really heard <laughs> of. When I looked it up, the definition. It, it did say North American on here, but it said mostly Australian and New Zealand. And mm. I was just curious how that got into the script. <laughs> <You know? laughs> unless, unless, uh, which is the character who said it? Do we remember? It's like, let's go to the rumpus room. Oh, no, it was Molly Ringwald. And that's why it yeah, seems so weird. Yeah, because they had to go and like, clean out the rumpus room. Or... <laughs> well, see if you hear, watching American films, see if you ever hear again the term rumpus room. <laughs> the one, so I'm just reading my notes. and Not to make myself laugh, but. I did laugh. I'm <laughs> laughing at more in my notes than the kissing booth. But uh, I wrote, if you're childish enough to screw over your parents on the sale of their home, are you really old enough for sex? <laughs> <laughs> and, th- you know, there's not really a big payoff for that. But specifically, Lee, right? Like, he is changing the phone number. Because part of the agreement is that they have to, like, let people see the house and do real Yeah, and if people meetings. come to, like, fix stuff and they have to, like, paint stuff and neaten it up and that kind of stuff. But they pretty much just stopped doing that. But yeah, that whole bit with like taking the sign down and then Noah puts it back and then he takes it down and he cements it in. Like it was all just a bit like, eh. On that note too, <laughs> um, there's that uh, part of the like a uh, door frame that has their heights that he doesn't mm. want to paint over, which, you know, yeah. sentimental to him. I get it. But I think the movie made like a weird mistake because there's one point where Molly Ringwald says... So, yeah, we found out they're going to actually tear this place down. That was the buyer. Yeah, and then they keep doing stuff like painting over yeah. the thing. Then Elle's kind of like, well, like, I could have taken that picture, but, like, it just felt better to me that it would just be hanging there forever. Um, No, no. Um, Molly Ringwald's probably going to have to come in and pack all that stuff up because you guys didn't. And it's getting knocked down. I'll just leave this here for posterity forever. I don't think you understand um what demolition means, but uh, okay. The house thing made no 
sense. <laughs> yes. And then at the end when they were like, I'm not going to sell it. Um, that's, how is that going to work? Because like, it's going to be this beach house like surrounded by condos. Like, it's going to be a sort of, yeah, I feel like it'll eventually get knocked down. Oh, mm. I'd sell it and buy a new one because it's kind of being ruined by what they're yeah. apparently building around it. Yeah, and probably like your view of the beach will be blocked because all the condos will be like, you know, stretching out to the sand and you'll be like, hmm. This isn't the vibe I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> As we go along, I just wrote jealousy a lot of times here. But yes. I think, uh, you know, from Twitter, a lot of people actually liked that Mario Kart scene. These mm. people get to live out their fantasies. Mine, I mean, just to describe it, they do like a real life Mario Kart thing with go-karts. Mm. I just find it so interesting that <laughs> these people's bosses are so accommodating so, hmm. what's his name? Well, because Marco like works Marco, at Marco, park, yeah. yes, yes. she's like, oh, hey, could you like set this thing up for me? And it's like, um, okay. But he's like, okay. sure, he, why not? And sure, like, I'll do that. But I think you'd be like, um, excuse me, Marco, you actually uh, work here. I'm not paying you to go and set up a Mario Kart thing. I, I don't know. Obviously, the bosses were really chill at Waikiki Waves, even though it wasn't in Hawaii. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like. <laughs> Mm. he's clearly just like a minimum wage worker like a teenager trying to make some bucks here with so much pull with the boss but we see it later (laughs) too with uh rachel if you recall when they do like the flash mob at Mm. her at her job where she plays piano at a a fancy restaurant Mm. and that boss was totally okay with it like i don't know I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it seems like Elle gets everything she wants, even when she doesn't think so. Which is kind of funny, because then later, she's yelling at Lee about that. That, like, you know, everything just comes so easy for you, and you just get whatever you want. It's like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's happened to you. As, I mean, apart from the fact that her mom died and that's... But everything yes, else, she's yes. kind of like, you know, Elle gets what she wants all the time. So it's kind of like, mm. But, I mean, I did... I always hate the Noah character, but I did kind of like in this one that when he was getting all jealous about Marco again, that she kind of called him on at this time. Yes. Because then she was like, well, I don't know, that's totally a double standard because I'm cool that Chloe's back hanging out and I've kind of got over that. So you should be cool that, you know, Marco's here as well and stop being jealous all the time. So I'm glad that that finally happened because usually she kind of just goes along with whatever Noah says and like, you know. You're so right because this is the first movie in the trilogy where... Noah's assholeness and jealousy is not yes. painted as like, ooh, he Romantic. just likes me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're so Someone's right. Like, about like, no, you're actually being a jerk, and I'm gonna call you on it because you're an ass. But I'm hmm. surprised that Marco was so, especially after the events of last film, was mm. so like, no, I love Elle. I'll do anything for her. She's the only reason I'm staying here in California. Like yeah. it, was, it got uh, really heavy this time. It wasn't just like, oh, I kind of yeah. like you. We get along. It's like, no. Like he was like, there's a moment where he really comforts her, which it seems nice. But then when he sees yeah. her back with Noah, he's like all pissed off. And I'm yeah. like, what? That's like, what an asshole move. Like, don't you want to help a person? Not just be like, mm. oh, I only did it so she would be with my, uh, be my girlfriend. It's just so petty. <laughs> yeah. Last time it was kind of when Elle went, look, I like you and all, but I still want to be with Noah. That he kind of was accepting of that. But then this time that he came back, but then Elle kept trying to say, he's just like, he's over it. We're just friends because we were cool with it last time. 
But I sort of hated that then they turned around and then like Noah was right. And it couldn't yeah. just be like Elle actually knew what was happening and went like, it's not that, we're just chill, we're just like, it's awkward, but we're friends and we've gotten over it. But the fact that they had to turn it around and go actually like, you know, overprotective asshole Noah was actually in the right this time, like, mm, that didn't really sit well with me. Because Marco sort of seemed likable last time, but this time it was like, eh. No, I exactly. Just a bit kind of like, eh, a bit. But l- let's go away and <laughs> let's even play devil's advocate, right? Let's say that Marco is exactly how we're describing him, and he is just like really into L and won't give up, right? Mm. He can be less creepy about it. He can be less of an asshole, but you have to trust L. There's going to be other people who are attracted to her. You don't punch yeah. everyone who's attracted to your girlfriend, man. Mm. And again, later, I'm sort of glad that then they had a scene that. She was trying to explain it to Lee about how unreasonable Noah was being. And then Lee sort of leapt in and went, he's right, you know, like, you know, yeah. he totally is into you. And she went, well, you know, but a relationship to have and there have to be two people. So she went, she has, he has to trust me because I'm not doing anything. And then I think Chloe was sort of saying that to Noah as well. Like, you know, you actually have to trust your girlfriend because otherwise you don't have a relationship mm-hmm. if you just are jealous and don't trust her all the time. So, I mean, yeah, it was annoying, but they turned around and then you know the guys were right but i mean i'm glad they worked in some girls sort of going well you know you actually have to trust me and not just assume because some guy is interested in me that i'm gonna just you know run off with that guy but another thing i wanted to bring up uh we already spoke about some characters who come back but they really go all out with the mm. callbacks here did we need <laughs> tuppen again did tuppen need yeah, to no, return I don't know. I don't think, and the guy with the glasses, I've forgotten his name, but. Yeah, and they like really focus mm. on all their faces, like, oh, these care, and those like mean girls to come yeah, back. Yeah, who now the- are like, they're friends, because now they walked in and Elle was like, hey, bitches. Like, yeah, um, I was like, what? <laughs> where did that, um, okay, even though they still don't call her by her right name, because then later they're like doing shots going, you know, Ellen forever, and she's like, well, it's still Elle, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like this sort of was like everyone was just like you know best friends and everyone was like chill cool best friend summer but when it wasn't like that in any of the other films but no no it's it so summer. weird it's so weird back, whatever <laughs> another thing in my notes that i had uh just speaking of just molly ringwald and her children like her whole family right mm. she gives such great advice but she raised such terrible children i know <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like the kind of advice she's giving, like, it's really good, like, deep, insightful kind of advice. But I feel like if you tried to sit down with teenage sons, I'd go like, get off, mom. I don't need that. Fair. That's a good point. I don't feel like, you know, I don't even feel like Lee would sit, or he'd just sit there and go, yeah, mom, whatever. Like, like, I mean, his bit of advice he shared was something about bin bags. Like, you know. (laughs) Mom always said that, like, you know, can't be without two things in life. One's, like, good trash bags. (laughs) Like, I thought he was going to, like, lay down some, like, you know. Wisdom. Molly wisdom yeah. on L, but then he was like, then made a joke about like bacon. Or, I don't, but that was just like, Meh. <clears throat> but yeah, but the whole friend list thing, which I think we've talked about it before, but that like Lee is kind of like really codependent with yeah. L, like their friendship is kind of not toxic, but it gets a bit kind of like over the top sometimes. Like he just gets annoyed all the time. Like he's just like, she's just letting him down all the time, but. And he, like, he just got a bit, because then the dance dance machine was being taken away from the arcade. So they were like, going to dance on it on the last day or something. And then she, 
Oh, well, she couldn't make it because she was being dumped by Noah, but anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, but the fact that she kind of, that she was at least, once again, kind of calling Lee on his stuff. Like, at least this one, we finally, all the stuff that annoyed us before, someone was actually going like, that's not cool. Stop doing that. So I, For sure. You know, the movie felt really long and in bits, and I didn't really, you know, enjoy that much. But I did like that they were kind of, finally bringing in some stuff that probably in the first two movies someone should have said (laughs) yeah no and there were again some gains in that department for sure Mm. before we get into kind of how this movie wraps up and Mm. the breakups and and all that um i do want to ask you what was your opinion on Elle's father's new girlfriend and that whole plot line you know i mean so many other movies have done that plotline before like I feel like it was done much better in like to all the boys I've loved before with that sort of because it had the same I mean like this movie had kind of similar beats to that but that was you know clearly in that film it was done much better but I just felt like they were kind of throwing it in because other movies have done that but I I didn't really think they handled it that well because I didn't I didn't like the lady wasn't offensive in any way like she just she seemed nice she got on with the son like she'd been great friends with the mother so like that was sort of a good connection still to the family like you know that it wasn't just some rando lady that he met somewhere it was actually someone that kind of cared about the family already like she just seemed inoffensive maybe she'd kind of done that stupid thing where she picked up the brother when Elle thought he was going to be at soccer and then he wasn't there like that was kind of just a bit silly but I feel like apart from that she was fine and she kept trying to go you know, I really loved your mom. She was great. Like, I'd love to tell you some stories about her, Elle. And then Elle just kind of, just, I think because they went, it has to, this film has to do that. Elle just has to hate her just because. <laughs> so it, it just seemed a bit, you know, cliche and a bit tired. Like it sort of, I thought she was fine. I thought she was, you know, it was yeah. nice that the dad had someone and clearly the son who, you know, he was little. He could definitely do with the mother figure. I thought it was. They got on, like, you know. For sure. I just thought it was hmm. weird, though, that hmm. he, uh, supposedly she was good friends with the mom and Elle had never even heard of her. But maybe she was, yeah. I don't know, maybe she was on a different part of the country and whatever. But this dad, I don't think he's smart necessarily, but he sacrifices so much for her. Hmm. Even though she has like a couple chores, this is his last summer with his daughter. And he's like, yeah, spend it with your toxic boyfriend at the beach. Yeah. Like, it, I'm actually it, working like all summer. I'm working like extra shifts i barely get to be here like really all i'm asking you of the summer is to kind of you know keep helping about like i know it's summer and i don't want to keep you from having fun but it's kind of like i kind of need someone to like look after the sun a couple of times or like get some shopping or and she keeps like assuring him that she can do all of that but then she gets like shitty about it later yeah she's so shitty about it and it's like have some empathy for your father you know yeah he, he is sacrificing you don't have to be a complete jerk to this lady she ends up yeah. apologizing which is great but it, that even that apology was a bit like weak i was like yeah i don't know i don't think i'd i don't think i'd just be forgiving you for that sort of apology but not really like she wasn't actually apologizing for what she did really it was kind of she was just excusing herself but uh no. that's a good point yeah and she also blames, you know, a lot of the things that are happening around her. And it is a lot because at the end of the day, I, I maybe I didn't give the film enough credit, but it sounds a big a big breakup movie. Mm. 
And before we get into the breakup of Noah and Elle, let's talk about Rachel, right? Like, Mm. Rachel is kind of lurking throughout the movie and listening to people's conversations and listening to them fight. (laughs) And maybe she's like us. Maybe she's like, yeah, these brothers are terrible people. Everyone here is so selfish. Mm. Because she makes... I just need to get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. the Rhode Island School of Design. I'm free. (laughs) She kind of makes a really mature decision and is like, Mm. you know, let's focus on school. If we're meant to be, we're meant to be. But it is what it is. And... I don't want to speak for you. What do you th- what do you think of her move here? Yeah, I mean, I like I think because we really liked her in the first movie, and then the second one they just kind of ruined her a bit because they kept making her jealous about them being best friends. Oh yeah, I forgot when about she her. wasn't before. But so I like that this one that was all gone. Her and Elle were just friends, and yeah, she was kind of just like Lee kept sort of making all these big like you know, I've done this calendar and like we're gonna do this and we'll hang out, and she was always kind of like. Yeah, sort of. Like she wasn't really committing to all of that, but yeah, I, you know, I thought it was she was the only one, one of the only people making kind of a mature decision. Like she, you know, they were dating, but she didn't just want to go to the same college as him. She was already following her passion, and that she kind of went, yeah, I think, you know, I've seen what happens with other people. Like I've, you know, watched just shitty brother and L, and like you know all of their problems, (laughs) and I don't want us to have those problems. So I think we just should, you know be mature and just you know have some space and like you know yeah if we find each other again later then it's meant to be but if not so it's like good like you know rachel's back to being like you know mature the way all the other characters should be (laughs) yeah yeah but that bit on the stairs that then they sort of went later did you talk to Elle? and i was like um no she didn't actually talk to Elle. she was just like listening in the stairwell but (laughs) But yeah it's so "Mm, funny that she says did you have that conversation or what because I'm pretty sure everything you've just said, you heard that already <laughs> lurking like in the stairs with your suitcase going, oh, uh, I'm kind of stuck now. I can't come down the stairs because they're having like a big moment. Which there was actually a moment where there were two female characters not talking about a dude. I was like, yes. Special <laughs> test for five seconds. Because then Chloe sort of turned around and went like, you know, Elle, you're just like an amazing, powerful woman. I was like, I didn't really think that was deserved because I don't think she is like a powerful woman because she was being a bit childish but but i was like oh look there's actually like we're not talking about noah or lee or a boy for five seconds so that, was, <laughs> that was nice but it was fleeting but it, it at least happened which yes. you're right was nice we're i know you probably had because i had seen some stuff on twitter as well pretend you didn't see that did you expect noah and l to actually break up like we saw here? Um, I wasn't really... I was sort of hoping they would. Like, I think every film I've hoped they would. But um, <laughs> but I was sort of hoping, but then I thought, uh, because we've resolved the, like, which li- Flynn that you've chosen, I thought maybe we weren't going to have that. And I was kind of like, uh, be nice if we did. So when they actually broke up, I was kind of like, yep, yeah, no, this is good. This works. I'm happy with this. It's, fi- it's finally happening. And actually, like, weirdly, even though we hate Noah, weirdly the fact that I was kind of like you know I think you're actually doing the mature thing in this minute breaking up with it like I was I was kind of like "Mm, this is annoying it's making me kind of like a choice that he's making for a minute but uh I think because he'd found out that she had also gotten to Berkeley and then had chosen to go to Harvard just for him so I actually liked that he went you know it should actually be 
your choice. And then she kept yelling at him going, stop trying to make the choice for me. But he was actually the first person introducing the concept that maybe <laughs> she should be going to university for her to do what she wants to do. Like, so I was actually like, you know, I hate you, Noah, you suck. But in this minute, you're actually kind of, you know, making an adult decision. Yeah. I was actually happy, low bar, but I was happy with the um, like kind of last third of this film in terms of where our characters were ending up. I mean, any natural story would tell you like that's, this is probably a good idea for all of them. So many high school yeah. films don't do this. So many high school films are like together forever. Yay. And it's like, yeah, we'll just move in and we'll go to college and we'll just do whatever. But yeah, I'm glad that it was finally probably could have done it earlier, but that it was finally going, you know, Hey, everyone out there, like going to university should be about what you want to do. And like, you know, it's your first step to kind of growing up. So you shouldn't be doing it for what other people want to do. And you should just be doing it you know, because it's your life to please yourself and that kind of, so I'm glad that, I'm just surprised that Noah was like bringing that up. I was like, whoa, you've secretly <laughs> had some like growth in the last five seconds. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for growing a little bit, Noah. Yeah, thanks. You weren't like, you know, you weren't growing before, but like you just grew just <laughs> just a tiny bit then. And the fact that he didn't pummel Marco to death on the beach, that was actually like a bit of Noah growth. For a minute there. The movie sets up the ending that they're all now going to different schools, mm -hmm. including Rachel, who's going, she'll be in Rhode Island. I guess the closest geographically would be Rachel and Noah, but they really don't have any interaction. So that that's yeah. not going to be a thing. But Noah's at Harvard, which, you know, is probably like an yeah. hour and 20 minutes from Rhode Island School of Design. Mm -hmm. But again, inconsequential. Yeah. Lee is in, at Berkeley and... What's it called? Uh, L is staying home at USC. All great schools. But mm. I don't know if you caught this, Shoni, but when she goes in, aside from like the silliness of like she goes into this meeting uh, <laughs> to be a video game designer and get into USC, mm -hmm. which is like such a prestigious school. And she's like, oh, I don't have any ideas. Oh, and, oh I don't know. Like, okay, yeah. Um, that room is the same room as from their high school. <laughs> like, it, it was supposed to be USC. It had USC things hung up. But they, I looked mm. it up. They shot that at the University of Cape Town in a room <laughs> that looks exactly like where they came up with the idea of the kissing booth. Mm. If you remember that scene. So, yeah, I was no, like, I do remember that now. I didn't notice it then. But mm. couldn't they that have is, picked a different yeah. room? <laughs> yeah, even just like, you know, just a room we didn't use last time. That'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be good. So on that note, we hadn't seen a kissing booth in the movie up to this point. So I'm like, mm. maybe we're not going to get it. I totally thought that the video game idea she, that she was going to invent <laughs> was a kissing booth video game. I'm like, no, no, it's coming here. Oh, and, and terrible. She, she didn't. And instead she invents uh, fantasy. fantasy football, esports or whatever. I'm sure that's invented already. I'm sure the movie did not invent that concept. Yeah, of... I'm sure that's already, I'm sure someone already went, mm, esports. Fantasy football, that's like, you know, I don't think that was really like a groundbreaking idea, but. And, you know, and the movie kind of could have ended on this note, but we get a mm. coda six years later. What were your thoughts on this ending here? The six years um, later ending? I sort of, yeah, I mean, I know films like, I mean, I was sort of happy that it was six years later because it was definitely wrapping it up. Because we're not <laughs> going to come back next year and be like, we're in college. So I was like, this is good. We're, uh, 
wrapping things up. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. It was, yeah, so they made it that, you know, Rachel and Lee had found their way back to each other and they were engaged. And... Which I honestly wasn't that big of a fan of. I, I had hoped that Rachel yeah. would meet other people and be like, oh, you don't have to have a boyfriend who's codependent on his best friend. Yeah, and Lee's just like holding you back, but uh, codependent Lee forever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, meh. But I suppose at least that was a way of getting Rachel into the end because it would have been weird if like all four had walked off and been like, oh, hey, I haven't seen each other for ages. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lee, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm going to some other guy, like a graphic designer. Like, no, but it could have happened. But yeah, it just seemed a bit. Yeah, all right. I was kind of expecting that they'd be. I was together. laughing that they were creeping on a high school carnival. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six years. I've been to college. Well, I've grown up now. So we're just going to go back and, like, you know, have some nostalgia at a high school fundraiser. It seems like the kissing booth has become a tradition, right? Like, because, like, the yeah, because then they walked over and doing... went, oh my God, I can't believe people are still doing the kissing booth. Yeah, I think they're using the same sign still as well. We probably said this last year, but it's just as important this year covid19 and the kissing booth yeah do not no. mix i know this is six years from now but i hope that yeah. we've we're still being safe with whatever things are regardless because yeah. it's not just covid19 you can catch from randos in it's a kissing gems. booth just it's... don't yeah just like <laughs> mm, i think we should just retire kissing booths altogether. <laughs> well hopefully that's what this movie is doing a bit um, like people's thoughts about blowing out candles on a birthday cake but now everyone's like hmm Maybe we should stop doing that as well, because that you're just blowing germs on the cake that other people are going to eat. So oh, you're ruining birthdays now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ruining kissing birds and birthday cakes. <laughs> uh, other notes I had on this again, I didn't mind it. I liked the ambiguity of mm. L and Noah because they seemed like you know they were being a little flirty, but it wasn't a guarantee that they were getting back together or not. It seemed like they yeah. wouldn't be because they had things to do or whatever. Mm. Just a note that in Beth Riegel's book, which again is not an adaptation technically, mm-hmm. she is more clear, and this is her interpretation, that they would be getting back together, or at the very least, Elle is like very excited to see him mm. for romantic reasons. I didn't get yeah. that here, but I'm also not going to criticize her because. She made these characters. Netflix kind of took these characters and did something with them. I'm sure that's how she wanted to end it. More power to her. But in here, mm. it is it is pretty ambiguous. I didn't yeah. like... Uh, this is very nitpicky, but I didn't really like Elle's look here. She looked like super corporate. She didn't look like a video game yeah. designer. And I know, I know anyone can be a video game designer. I'm not like saying like that, but they made her like... They had, she had like a mom haircut, and it was like... <laughs> And he I think because I mean at least the haircut they finally let her not have a wig on for a bit for a minute so at least yes, that was you know fair fair got to just have like her hair was free but the others too like everyone's in a suit kind of like oh we're business yeah. people like really and they gave Rachel kind of like a mom haircut yeah ex- yeah exactly like, like just, that sort of you know they go mm, we've got to like age someone up a bit so we'll give them like a big like floofy bob thing that no one would actually do that with their hair but. It's like, how we age people, but then they look much older than they're meant to be. <laughs> like we're all adults. Like, yeah, we get it. You said it was six years. Yeah. It reminded me of like when you watch a high school play mm. and they're playing adults, you know, because that's a high school play, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, I'm in a suit mm. now, so I'm, you know, like, whatever. I, I find it so strange that they would visit their high school carnival, specifically the guys in suits. And not, yeah. like, get changed. Like, not wear just casual clothes. Not like I'm Yeah, gonna... and it made it sort of like, 
Lee was kind of like surprised that Noah was there. So it's like, did he literally just fly in for this? <laughs> because like yeah. he's still in a suit, like he's flown in from like all these job offers because he's a high powered, like fancy, intelligent lawyer these days. And he's getting like job offers in New York and Boston. And like, you know, he's just like living it up. But yeah, it was sort of like Lee was kind of like, oh, hey, brother, like what's going on? Like he was clearly hadn't seen Lee and Rachel up until that point because he was like, so like, congratulations, when are you getting married? And then all of a sudden, He's like, actually, like, I'm going to see some friends. I'm going to go and I'm flying off tonight. Like, um, <laughs> why, why are you here? If you're so, like, fancy lawyer, man, you've just flown in just to hope you'll see your old girlfriend and your brother at the high school carnival. I feel like he'd have a better shot in, like, Christmas or some kind yeah, of holiday. Yeah, but, like, because... oh, I, d- I, was, I was hoping you'd all just be here at the kissing booth. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> Their families are clearly close and have celebrated holidays together before. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was sort of like, uh, and then he was sort of like, oh, well, actually, like, sorry, Elle, but I've got to go. I've got to meet some friends. And I'm like on the red eye. Like, um, okay. We've just spoken for five minutes, but uh, okay. That's fine. I mean, I thought it did seem quite ambiguous, but I think just the way Elle was kind of like looking after him as he went up the stairs, I was kind of like, horrified that she was going to like yell out his name and yeah, like run yeah. up the stairs <laughs> after him like because she was kind of like looking a bit like she was going to start crying and that like, she was kind of like overwhelmed because Noah, the love of her life was but like it seemed a bit like please don't do that but i thought she was going to like you know yell at him up the stairs and be like Noah, i love you and i was like oh please please don't do that so i'm glad that she didn't and instead they were just riding off as friends as whatever on their motorbikes thing into the sunset <laughs> yes you know silly but <laughs> I, I was happy for that, too. And, yeah, to be clear, I don't mean ambiguous. Like, they weren't ambivalent towards each other. Something could yeah. happen, but it's not like they got married and had kids who had their own kissing booth. <laughs> and the next generation of, like, you know, <laughs> Flynn children. Oh, don't put that into the universe. Kissing booth, the, ne- the next generation. <laughs> but yeah, but then the way she ended it and went, like, you know, just the fact that all of this happened because of, well, you know... And actually, when I was watching it last night, my cousin came over for tea and she came in at the end, which she hasn't seen all of this film, but she loves the kissing booth. But then she went, oh, come on, tell me what it is. And I went, the kissing booth. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, don't leave us in suspense. And I went, it's literally the title of the film. And she went, oh, you know, it all happened because of a, uh... she was like, what? <laughs> tell us. Why? Oh, no, that's so mean. We don't get to know. And I went, it's a kissing booth. <laughs> and she went, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm extra sorry that we've disappointed your cousin probably three years in a row. <laughs> uh, she listened to him in the first one, and the minute I said no, it was a dick, she stopped listening. She, <laughs> she just didn't, she wasn't about that. So she went, yeah, no, I don't want to listen to this anymore. Because I think it's romantic, and he's lovely. And I went like, yeah, that's because you're 12. We'll train you out of to- liking toxic masculinity. It's the last thing I do. But she's oh, like, no, man. it's so romantic. It segues into our... Uh, first question that we're asking these days who was this movie made for who was the kissing booth three made for um loving adoring fans of the kissing booth one and two <laughs> yeah yeah people who yeah you know t- or people young... that just wanted to hate watch something I don't yes know. for sure for sure but <laughs> i think they intended you know like the tweens and teens who liked the first one who yeah. actually want to see how the story ends up Mm. maybe like your cousin yes most likely to succeed which character won the movie which character comes 
is the most on top out of all of them. I mean, everyone pretty much wins their stories, but who mm. do you think won the most? I feel like Rachel, because she was at least grown up the whole film. So I feel like, you know, even though she came back later and was going to marry Lee, but I yeah. feel like, you know, yeah. she was kind of, you know, succeeding. She'd probably done something cool. Pre, Pre-Coda. Yes, yes. I 100% yeah. agree it's Rachel. Post, mm. she's back with Lee. Eh, maybe not so much, but yeah. we'll we'll take it pre-coda and say Rachel. I agree with that. Yeah, and then maybe Ro- Molly Ringwald. I think she was killing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> she decided not. She to was sell like this hands. fancy realtor lady. She was like <laughs> telling bossy man that she wasn't going to sell her house and like <laughs> walking off, giving out, laying out wisdom. So I think yeah, Molly Ringwald will succeed. Okay, uh, Wooderson Award. Is there a character here who you would have liked to have seen more of? Don't say Tuppen. <laughs> Uh, no, I wouldn't want to see more of him. Um, I don't know. I was just feel like Molly Ringwald because she's like the best part of the movie. <laughs> she should be in it more. <laughs> sure, we'll but, say I Molly mean, Ringwald. She was in it more this time, and yeah, I'm glad she got to come back in and throw out some mum wisdom at the end. But you know. <laughs> All right, the opposite. Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Who would you delete from the film if you could? Yeah, probably like all of the background school people. They probably all could have gone. Probably Marco could have gone. I don't like. There are probably a whole lot of people that didn't really need to be here. Yeah, I wrote down Marco actually because mm. I think he ended. We ended at a in a good place with him in the second film, as we said. Mm. And we had to go through that journey again, and then end in a good place again. Like it was sort of like, yeah, we've kind of done you already, this storyline already. So uh, you know, yeah, maybe he could have just not been in it. Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler at this point? Um, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I feel like Noah looked a bit old, but he wasn't meant to be in high school, yeah. so but they kind of got a pass for that. <laughs> Lee is interesting because it looks like he's getting like bigger, like stronger, you know what I mean? But he's still mm. acting like a child. Which, and he again, still kind of had like the same face. Yeah, and he has a baby face, so like, I can't really count him. Older. Yeah. <laughs> All right, incomplete for that one. Totally fine. This this is going to be fun. <laughs> we have to grade the film on an A plus to F scale. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hand you the red pen, Shawnee, and let you do the mm-hmm. honors. But before that, little cheat sheet for us. Rotten Tomatoes, 13% by the critics, 18% by the audience. These mm-hmm. are not good scores. No, one they're not. <laughs> 1.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Mm. Not a good score, but what what will you grade the Kissing Booth three? Uh, I don't know. I think an F is maybe a bit extreme. Like you know, people showed up and did their job, and yeah, probably like a D, solid maybe, D. I think you know, like it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't. I, may, I think it was better than the second one. So, uh, so in your opinion, they've all gotten better. Um, well, not really, because the second one I feel was like was the worst one. So, so I think it kind of was bad, got really bad, and then this was sort of just bad again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but mm, not really a very good uh, sort of you know an upside down curve. So that's still not very good. But uh, <laughs> see, I, I'm not. I was thinking either. I, I'd probably give it a D plus um, or C minus. Nah, see, I don't. I actually thought they ended it pretty well. 
it was mm. just excruciating to get there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I kept just like checking the time going, oh, please. Oh, there's still a half an hour to go. Why? Like we should have, there's actually not really a plot. I don't know why we're still here doing this film. This should be interesting. What does your Kissing Booth 3 sleeping bag look like? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go with one that sort of looks like water. And I'm going to like a summer beach bag. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it's my beach toy bag. But anyway, just, yeah, like a, a blue watery sort of beachy thing. I like it. I like it. That's a good design. Oh, 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 we didn't bring up this, but as I'm thinking of designs, I I guess I miss that Lee wanted to be an architect, and mm. I don't know if you saw at one point, he has, like, these perfect architecture plans. I'm like, what? Like, this is not earned yeah. either. This is, like, the most immature kid in the world. Like, I mean, I Yeah, really... and, like, I'm sorry, I doubt you're learning that level of, like, you know, <laughs> architectural drawing in high school, but sure. And then he's just, like, whipping out this, like, amazing, like, you know architectural piece that you'd expect like an adult architect in a film to be working on or something like i'm sort of like whoa there that's so, weird brother <laughs> so i'm not gonna go with that i'm not gonna go with the blueprint there but i'm gonna mm. go with uh no i don't want to go with that either i don't know i don't know what oh, you know what I- i'm gonna go with the low-hanging fruit i'm gonna do like a mario kart themed <laughs> sleeping bag Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it does seem, again, it does seem fun to dress up with your friends and go go-karting. Looks like it was getting a little dangerous at points, by the way. But Yes. <laughs> you know, it was a fun scene, so I'll go with that. <laughs> okay, Shoni, we are entering the magical blockbuster that has mm-hmm. every film that has ever been invented up until this point. Mm-hmm. We are renting the one physical copy of The Kissing Booth 3. We know that. Mm-hmm. But we get yes. to the front counter. And we see a sign that says rent two movies got one free. And I say, mm. Shawnee, go back into the aisle. Get two Good other fourth. movies. <laughs> Get two other movies for us to watch mm-hmm. so we can have a Kissing Booth 3 trifecta. And they cannot be the other Kissing Booth movies. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, good. Me. I was going to just like, a, should I just cop out and like have it the worst sleepover ever? And we'll just watch all three <laughs> Kissing Booth and they'll take about like six hours to watch and we'll just never want to have a sleepover again. All right. Um, what am I gonna pick? Um, I think maybe I'm just gonna pick some movies that we could watch this one first and then watch them after to like erase the <laughs> the horror of this from our minds. Well, I just feel like because everyone keeps talking about this at the moment because of another horrible Netflix movie that's coming. But I think I'm gonna pick She's All That. Oh, just for something you know fun while we pretend that the other one isn't incoming and doesn't exist (laughs) um oh what else would i pick um something else fun maybe she's the man because i was talking to that someone about that the other day so nice she's all that she's the man love it a lot of she's in there kissing booth three (laughs) sandwiched in there Mm -hmm. mostly a fun night i think (laughs) yeah if we just like start with the kissing booth we could start that while we're having like pizza and we're kind of just like you know not really focusing on it and we're just kind of you know getting into the you know slumber party zone so that can just be in the background <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it well thanks Shoni, for taking the time and 
watching all three Kissing Booth movies for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. And talking about a big achievement. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about this one today. Hopefully you'll never have to see any more of these films unless you yep, want to. I'm not, I'm not planning on rewatching <laughs> any of them. So uh... But it has been a pleasure and it is important in not just mm-hmm. the history of this podcast and the history of teen movies, but the history of our friendship here in High School Slumber Party. So yeah. I thank you for that as well. So it'll always have a soft spot for me. <laughs> and we could say it again. Yes, it was yeah. all because <laughs> of a kissing booth. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here, how can people follow you if you want them to on social media? Um, yeah, so I'm just on Twitter. I'm just at Shawnee Mead. I mean, I'm often tweeting stuff to the high school summer party <laughs> thing and i've been tweeting about the kissing booth lately not for fun but um yeah so i'm still kind of i don't think i tweet as much as before because i'm busy doing study and stuff but um yeah but if you want gifts and me being rude about the kissing booth then uh, <laughs> <laughs> head on over <laughs> well thanks again and uh you know again if, if they do Thank come you. out with a prequel or something we'll have to do it i won't be doing that <laughs> <laughs> big thank you to shawnee for guesting on this episode and i know i always say that but an even bigger thank you because it was the kissing booth and it was not enjoyable for her but it was enjoyable to talk about so i hope you guys enjoyed our kissing booth trilogy and i know i'm kidding saying that there's going to be more i don't really think there's going to be more but if there is we'll cover it here on high school slumber party And if you are sick of modern teenage dramas about the summer and love and all those other things, then you might want to skip Monday's episode because we're talking a film called The Last Summer. Phoebe, hey. Hey, look, uh, I was wondering if maybe you wanted to, uh, to hang out. It's the last summer after high school ends. The last chance to decide who we want to be and who we want to be with. I give up. What are you supposed to wear to a breakup? How about we agree to stay friends? Just friends. Okay, walk away. Oh, for God's sakes. This is going to be the summer. Just clean the slate. Good. Can't believe you're wasting all this to study business. Right over a safe, stable career in the arts. Please. Beach bonfire party. Are you down? Sure. Yeah. No, come on, I'm not actually gonna go out with him. No, he's young, successful, and he's hot. Gross. So, what's the deal with you and Phoebes? We haven't talked about it yet. Keeping the mystery alive. I dig it, man. Sometimes I fear whether I'm even capable of love. Welcome to my office. You're making it very hard to judge you. Summer's just going by way too fast. I wanted to see you before we both leave for school. Hey! I gotta go, but um, have a nice fourth, okay? Phoebe, there's something I need to tell you. You just went along and you did nothing. I didn't know what to do. I've never been through this before. One last summer. 
the last chance to go all in. I mean, what's there to lose, right? So yeah, if you're here for the nostalgia, unless it's the nostalgia of your own summer memories, probably not going to enjoy Monday's episode, but listen anyway, because it's a special, special surprise drop of an AP episode. That's right, Island Addington. Double A is coming on for the AP. It's a new movie. It came out in 2019, so we're going to dissect it in the most educated of ways. I can't wait for that. Check that out wherever you get your podcast or at cageclub.me. Me, the home of this podcast and so many other great pop culture podcasts. Also, a couple things I wanted to remind you about. Tell a friend about High School Slumber Party. Are we ruining your summer? Maybe. But if we are, let's ruin other people's summers. Spread the word. Another thing you could do is give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and perhaps a positive review. That helps the algorithm as well. And yeah. If you don't want to do those things, whatever. I can't control you. But remember, enjoy your summer. And that life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Let's leave it on a high note. Let's leave it on the song they played during the flash mob scene. That's, of course, Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance. Later, dudes.